Hey up guys, it's George Barber, host of the Steal the Book podcast. This week, we don't have any music or jingles to go into the programme. That's due to copyright issues with Spotify, but I'm hoping over the next week to contact some local bands in order to get some songs into the next programme. I was going to sing a cappella, but given this is the first episode, I really didn't want to annoy anyone. Anyway, thank you very much for choosing to listen, and I hope you do enjoy. Hello ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Steal the Puck podcast, episode one. The show which talks everything Sheffield Steelers related. Today I'm joined by a teammate of mine at the uh, Sheffield Ice Tigers, former person who used to work for the Sheffield Steelers, Scott Ancliffe. How are you, Scott? I'm good, thank you. How are you doing? I'm okay, yeah, not too bad. Not too good. bad. It's, um, it's a big moment, this, for the blog, obviously. Two years ago, I said I was going to do this. I just haven't until now. But here we go. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Before we get into it, I'll run through the format and how we're going to do things most weeks. So we're going to discuss the Steelers and their recent games. We're going to discuss their upcoming games and a topic we'll discuss at length. And then we'll get into listener questions. And then we're going to look at questions people have sent in on Twitter. For tonight, it's just me and you, Scott. So uh-huh. we're just going to run through everything as it comes to us. We should have been joined by Ben. He is at work now. I mean, see where his priorities lie and all that. But, you know. So, we'll get into it then. Recent games this weekend. Four-point weekend against the Manchester Storm. It's pretty good, isn't it, Scott? Just straight off the bat. Yeah, no. Great, great win. Great weekend. Obviously, carrying on with that fine form. I think it makes it, is it 11 or 12 wins on the bounce? So, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's always good to beat the Storm as well. Obviously, rivals and... um, yeah, so obviously a big scoreline on the Saturday and then followed it all with a close one on the Sunday. But no, a couple of great wins. Great to carry on that form we've got, particularly going into, I guess, a tough stretch coming up this month. Certainly is. So, as you said, touching up on that 7-1 win at home, what did you make of the performance? I, I personally thought it were a complete performance. What about you? Yeah, yeah, it was brilliant. No, obviously we've got lots of depth in the squad, lots of different scorers. Dowd Hattrick on the Saturday, uh, sorry, on the on the yeah the big seven one New Year's Eve win, um, and then McNally, Peach, Conley, Champini chipping in. Um, you know we went two for two on the power play, hundred percent on the penalty kill. So like you say, complete performance. There's not much really we could have done could have done any different, any better. Um, you know, really good win. Obviously unlucky. For Greenfield to not get the shutout with just over two minutes left um, in the game. Um, and yeah, had a bit of everything, didn't it? Had that sort of niggliness, that feistiness. McNally was making himself known, uh, obviously chasing DeLuca around. And um, yeah, you know, McNally for me, that was one of his best performances of the season. He got one plus one and uh, one of his better, better games. You know, he was uh, relentless on four check. He was. Um, you know, back checking, he was, he was doing everything. He was, you know, one of my standouts. And if it wasn't obviously for the Dowd hat trick and Dowd uh, getting over his 200 goals, um, you know, I think uh, McNally would have got the uh, the man of the match. Um, but no, like you say, complete performance and a great win. Yeah, I, I just touching on McNally, he seems to have all of a sudden become this sort of fan favourite in a way, hasn't he? I guess you probably will get that if you 
well, start putting a show on like he almost did towards the end of that game, obviously doing the chicken imitation towards DeLuca. Another uh, player, obviously, playing that game, Brendan Connolly. Now, we move on to the 5-4 win away. He scored that game winner. What's that going to do for him, do you think? He's, he's had quite a rough season so far. Oh, yeah. It seems to be massive for his confidence. You know, he's, he's been superb, um, you know, these last few games. Coming back from an injury, I think he's come back from a, either an ACL or an MCL knee injury. And particularly, you know, is is even the, I guess, twilight of his career. It's going to be harder in terms of that recovery, that rehab process. So for him to come back and, you know, slot back in, he's obviously you know, finding his feet. But then these last few games, he's, he's been brilliant. And, you know, it'll do wonders for his confidence. And like you say, you know, getting that goal in Manchester on the Sunday, obviously the one on Saturday, um, sorry, the one on New Year's Eve as well in a big 7-1 win. And it's just going to go from there. It's just going to hopefully um, keep elevating his play, giving the confidence to go into this this stretch. Um, and yeah, hopefully we'll get the uh, the old Brendan Conley back who, who we've sort of seen earlier on in the season before the injury. So uh, now I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled with him and hopefully it's the start of uh, many good things to come for him now. Yeah, of course. Obviously, Brendan Conley was a massive, massive figure a few years ago. He's got a bit older now. He's not as much in his prime as he was maybe when we won the Challenge Cup. Um, but I think the 5-4 win away at Manchester on New Year's Day in front of their sellout crowd, obviously, it's rare that Manchester do get a sellout. It's a small rink. It's hard to... Sometimes been tricky to play there. Um, maybe we're, I don't know, underplaying that win, really. I saw on Twitter like, oh... Thank God for that. It's only the storm, things like that. But I do think we are underplaying that win because it's a massive win to start the year with. Oh, yeah. It's uh, such a tough place to play. And, you know, if you obviously score, it's such a back and forth game. Uh, they wanted to get on the Greenfield skin. Um, you know, it was a brick wall, obviously, the night before, uh, other than conceding that one, you know, in the dying minutes, which was a shame, really. But they had a game plan. They wanted to get under his skin and rattle him. And, um, you know, fair play, I guess, you know, we'd, we'd probably do the same, you know, I'd, or I'd expect us to do the same in a, in a barn like that in front of, you know, the home fans packed out barn for Manchester and they're wanting to put on a show. And, um, you know, for, for me, the most impressive thing with that win is how we bounce back after a storm bowl. So they opened scoring in the ninth minute when we scored one four minutes later. And then uh, Carter gave them the lead uh, to make it 2-1 at 17.31. And then only just 12 seconds later, Latal equalises. Then their fourth goal, which was scored by Simmons in 34th minute, we equalise 21 seconds later as well. So obviously, normally goals such a momentum swing when it gives the team a boost. But to come back so quickly to, to I guess, to quash that momentum of theirs is a testament to our ability. And that's something that we shouldn't, you know, understate either. That's that for me was the most impressive thing. That bounce back, that character to get back on the score sheet so quickly after they scored. Yeah, absolutely. And um, upcoming games, Scott say this section's called "Is it looking good?" Is it looking good? Cardiff away tomorrow, Fife away on Saturday. What do you reckon? Yeah, it's, it's going to be a five tough one. First, by the way. Five first. Yeah, so five. Yeah, you know, they, they've got a couple of new faces in their lineup. They're going to be wanting to put on a, a performance. Five's always a tough barn, barn to go to. You know, it's a long bus trip. It's a tough place. The crowd are hostile. You know, they, they make it a tough place to play. So, but 
traditionally we've done well against Fife this season. I think with the momentum we've got, um, you know, after the good runner wins we've had, and you know the excellent net-minded and depth in scoring, I think we should be fine. But you know, you don't want to, I guess, go into it overly confident, which is something what's probably we've done in the past in in previous teams, um, where you know we might have underestimated them. But I think you know Fife, as they do, they'll put up a, a battle, and Owen obviously will be key to that. Um, but I think we'll have enough to uh, to overcome them, hopefully. Yeah, obviously Fife are um, well. They're five, aren't they? That's the thing. They've uh, never really done much in the league recently, like of recent yeah. times. Obviously, they're quite a tricky side to play, especially their own barn, but they do sit in ninth. Now, Dundee, Fife and Glasgow, the three Scottish teams, do struggle almost like year after year. Now, obviously, Fife in their last seven games have only won one. And... Mm. The Steelers going into that thinking, well, losses like I don't know, like they've only had one win, as I say, in the last seven. The previous four before that were all losses, and the last two against Belfast though have been losses. How do you think the Steelers will approach this game? Yeah, you know, like you say, um, they've not had a great run going into it, five, but. Same time, you know, you, you can't rest on your laurels. Um, I think Fox, you know, he's, he's very astute, he's very prepared. He does a lot of, um, you know, video footage and he does his due diligence on every team. So he'll probably be saying a similar thing in terms of not wanting to take them lightly. You know, they've, they've got a couple of new additions recently. So they're going to want to put on a show. Those players are going to want to impress, you know, and, and it could be a new year, new me for five where they're wanting to turn things around at a bit of a, Mm. Um, you know, they'll want to put a, a performance and a, and a show together. So I think, you know, if we go into it and we underestimate them, that's when it's going to be dangerous. However, you know, knowing how Fox is and knowing what, you know, the players are like in terms of, I guess, the recent form and everything, you know, we'll go into it full of confidence and hopefully, you know, come away with a win and, um, you know, backstopped by a, an outstanding Matt Greenfield at the minute as he's been an absolute revelation this season for us. And, uh, yeah, I think we should be fine. It's just touching on Fife, aren't they in the Challenge Cup semi-final or am I getting that completely wrong? I guess uh, they beat Dundee, didn't they, in the quarterfinals? I, I don't know. so. I'm not 100% sure on that one. I'm either. not 100% sure either. We should have done his research before coming into this, Scott. <laughs> yeah, a couple of amateurs here. <laughs> it's one of them with um, Fife. I, I always see them as a difficult side, like, mm. in terms of who they are, but they just never really seem to do anything in the league. And yeah. I don't know how I don't know how we're going to approach it really. I would hope that we just go organs blazing. It's I think the bigger game of the two though coming up is definitely Cardiff. Uh, tomorrow as we speak now. So Thursday. Mm. What do you reckon? I was gonna to go to this. I was gonna go, I was gonna buy a ticket and go with the SSSC, but I completely bottled it. Hands up. I might just buy the webcast or something like that. But what do you think? You know, it's gonna it's gotta be a tough game, has it? Gonna Cardiff away. That we have had their number this season. Yeah, yeah. It's it's gonna be a tough one. Um, you know, it's gonna be packed out again. I think they're close to a sellout in there. Um they've had a bit of form recently, other than that loss to Guildford on New Year's Day. You know, they were four wins in a row before that. 
They've got the depth, obviously, as you'd expect with a typical Cardiff team with like to Brody Reed, Cole Sanford, Trevor Cox, and then obviously Marcus Crawford at the back end. Um, you know, he's got 18 points in his last 10 games on D. You know, he's, he's such an offensive threat from that back end, and he's up there as one of the top point scorers in the league, and he's on D as well. So, you know, then you've got that tandem of Bounds and Cozen. Um, not sure who'll play. Um, but you know, they'll build for it, they'll be a, a tough threat. You know, they're wanting to put together a bit of a run. They're not out of the league, um, you know, chase at the minute. So it's gonna be another tough game. And uh, but like you say, you know, I think I think we've got we've had their number this season, but that doesn't mean to say that it's not gonna be a tough game. So once again, you know, you don't want to take them lightly, regardless, really. No, you don't. Obviously, Cardiff is always a tough place to go. I, I think we've only won there. I don't. I, to be honest, I can't remember like there's really ever in a season going to Cardiff and almost relying on a win. I don't. I don't know. It's remember us beating us. Do it. Do we beat? We beat them last year. We beat them this year away. I don't know what I'm on about. I'm sending myself down a rabbit hole. But <laughs> it's one of them things. Like I think. I think they've got a decent side, Cardiff, but I do think one of their biggest problems is probably the goalies. Mm, Despite yeah. Co- uh, Ty- oh, Taron Cozen being technically the top goalie in the league with in terms of his stats. However, I did look into this. He has played half the amount of games that Matt Greenfield has yeah. and has took half of the shots that Matt Greenfield has faced. Yeah. Well, it's it's going to be a skewed stat, isn't it? Really, if you look at it like mm. that, Greenfield played the lion's share of games. Well, absolutely dominated in terms of the number of games he's played this season. Um, mm. But Cozen, yeah, it's not representative of, I guess, a, a true reflection of, of the net mining situation. You know, Greenfield, you know, keep harping on about it, but he's been an absolute revelation for us this season, and yep. um, yes, yeah, surpassed all expectations from me without a doubt. Yeah, I'm just looking at um, Cardiff's last 11 games in the League and Cup. So, they've had four losses, two of which to us. Obviously, they recently lost 3-0 to Guildford, in Guildford. Mm-hmm. Yeah. However, before that, in their last seven in the league, they've won six of them, mm-hmm. two in overtime. Yeah. But if you look at the teams that they've played in a few of them, Manchester, Glasgow, Dundee, all further down the league table, they beat Coventry twice, which are good results. Yeah. And they recently split a weekend with Guildford. Yeah. So they're all right, aren't they? They're not they're not any mugs. They are four points behind us in the league and we have got a game in hand on them. It's yeah, a, it's it's almost yeah. a banana skin, isn't it, really? Like you, you look at it like that. Yeah, they're they come into it with a bit of form, you know, that way you say split the weekend with Guildford. Um, which, you know, is a good result for, I guess, both of those sides, really, because they are, you know, fighting it out. Guildford are in a bit of a skid at the minute. Um, but like you say before that, previous six wins out of seven. So they're hitting form. They're going to be confident. You know, they've got good depth, good scoring. Um, and so it's, it's going to be a real good game. So I can't wait for it, um, you know, tomorrow um, on Thursday as we speak. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that one and uh, yeah, I can't wait for it. Yeah, I think uh, that that is fair enough. Third section is called Elite Enlightenment because I didn't want to use the word news, so I've gone for enlightenment. 
Like it. And like elite it. means technically elite league, but it's mainly going to be news about hockey in general or the Steelers. And as speaking of the Steelers, Scott, what do you make to Adam Rasker moving away? Yeah, it's a strange one. You never like to see a player go, uh, but at the same time, there's the odd one out. He'd been healthy scratch for, for so many games. And I guess his, his cards were marked when Danny Christo came in and, and Christo has been another great acquisition for us. I think he's such a fantastic player. You know, not just what he does on the puck, but he's off the puck, his awareness, um, his positioning, his hockey brain. You know, you can see he's played at that high level. Um, he's played at. And, and Christo, yeah, he, he's, you know, coming in and done a cracking job. Um, but for, for Rasker, it was a tough one. You know, he got five plus seven, 12 points in 19 games, which is nothing to be sniffed at whatsoever. You know, he's, he's outscored the likes of uh, Petule and other players, but it's just didn't seem to deliver, uh, I guess, after such a high, you know, expectations we had of him. You know, he was 28, so I guess it's the time where he needs to be playing. And, um, yeah, he's gone back for, I believe, a month's tryout at Berno, which is in, obviously, the top uh, Czech extra league. Um, you know, he's a good face-off winner, but I think he just struggled to adjust to our style of play. Um, but yeah, 12 points in 19 games, nothing to be stiffed at, but it just seemed that he was the odd one out after Christo came in, really. Yeah, obviously, I'm guessing you read the uh, article with Aaron Fox, did you? Mm, yeah. <laughs> what you said about it. So, um thought he was an okay player, Ras- Raska, but um, he, he, he looked steady, but mm. I don't know. I think a player like him should have been scoring much more, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um I think he probably went off the boil a little bit. Um yeah, I don't think there's really much we can say about Adam Rasker, is there? I think um he, I was sort of disappointed to see him go because I always thought he had something in him when I watched him play. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's really got going. Anyway, we'll move yeah. on to the second news section because I think the Adam Rasker thing's a bit, I don't know, a bit out there. Liam Kirk, yeah. obviously homegrown talent at the Steelers. Last week, there was a bit of a bit of confusion, should we say. Mm. People seem to think that he was going to be playing for the Coyotes, <laughs> me included. Yeah. Turns out he was moving home. It, sorry, not home. He was moving to Jukerit. Now, do you know much about Jukerit, Scott? Yeah, a, a, a little. Um, you know, my Finnish SM League knowledge is, is not the best. Um, you know, I'll, I'll admit that. But I think for Liam uh, moving to Jukerit, I, th- I think I think it's a good move. Um, you know, he's going to be coached there by Oli Jokinen, who is a former Phoenix Coyote, or uh, well, it was Phoenix back then before, obviously Arizona Coyotes. So they're going to have close links. They're going to be able to keep an eye on him more. And I think it's a much better league his development, you know, it's way better than the ECHL. Um, but for me, you know, Liam is, is just been so unlucky with injuries in these last couple of years. I mean, when he was at Peterborough, uh, you know, in the 1920 sort of season, uh, it was he was on form. He was putting some really good points up. He was over a point a game, and he put up more points in less games than Mason McTavish, who captained Canada at the under 20s. Um, mm-hmm. And now Mason McTavish is putting up good numbers with Anaheim. So it's hard to see. 
you know, you can't predict what might have happened, but I think without the injuries, what he's had, because he then took that puck to the face in January 2020, he came back from injury and then COVID happened and everything. And then another injury when he was at Tucson, um, you know, the AHL team, that derailed him because he torn his ACL uh, in November 2021. And then he came back from that and then he was healthy scratched until, you know, the 11th game and then reassigned to the ECHL. So he's yeah. had quite a roller coaster of a couple of years. But for me, Liam has got such a good attitude. He's hard working. You know, he's resilient. He's determined. And as we speak now, you know, you create a playing uh, against Sport the Barca. And uh, after two periods, as we speak on, obviously, on this Wednesday evening, now they're leading 3-2. And he scored his first goal for them. And he's 1-plus-2 in a 3-2 uh, current, um, current lead after two periods. So he's doing really well so far. And uh, hopefully it'll put him back on the spotlight for Arizona, for, you know, Tucson to see what they're missing. And it'll hopefully enable him to then get back over there at some point. Yeah. I mean, that's groundbreaking, Scott. I didn't even know that. Um, so he's just scored, so he's scored three. So that's four points in two games for him then. Because he scored a point yesterday, I'm led to believe. Yeah, he got an assist and a cracking yeah. assist as well. I saw a video footage of it. Lovely. And he had his head down. It was almost like a no-look pass into the slot. Cracking goal for a couple of players. That post, you know, and um, yeah, that's the thing. He's such a good goal scorer, but he's also mm. got that vision and that playmaking ability as well. And um, yeah, hopefully this will be just the, I guess, chance he needs to then showcase what he can do on a much better sort of stage than the ECHL for him to hopefully yeah. get back, uh, you know, with Tucson and ultimately with uh, Arizona. Yeah. Absolutely. It'd be so it'd be just brilliant, wouldn't it? Like one day if we saw Liam Kirk in the NHL. So long, it's yeah. probably a few years off, but not unlikely. You know, he's still only a relatively young lad, is he? 23, yeah, 20, 24? Yeah, 23. 23 years. Mm. Um, so still, you know, plenty of time. And we've seen players, you know, older in age make the NHL. For example, if you remember years ago, uh, although totally different players, Bobby Robbins, who played for Belfast, he then went back to the NHL and he went through the Providence Bruins organization and then went to Boston. You know, and he was, I think, in his late 20s, early 30s. So, yeah. you know, it goes to show. And then even before that, I'm, I'm sure in my age here, there was a player called Doug Dool, a tough guy who played for Manchester Storm uh, back in the uh, ISL sort of era. He then went and played, uh, I believe, also for Boston, strangely. Um yeah, in his later in his career. So yeah. it can happen. And, um, you know, I'm an optimist, so I'm hoping for, for Kirk it'll be, be the same as well. Absolutely. It's time for our fourth section of the podcast. We're currently I'm 25 minutes in, so we're doing all right. Doing all right. Predictions. Now, for those that have followed me on Seal the Puck and seen my tweets possibly before game days before, you will know that I am absolutely horrendous at predicting hockey games. But Scott, on the other hand, should be better. This section is called the four-point forecast because we're going to predict four points. Well, who knows? So how this works, Scott, is basically we're going to say what we believe the score is going to be without any real explanation, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So it's almost like a quick fire super six style prediction. So we'll start with Cardiff away. What do you reckon? Ooh, 
So without any explanation, that's going to be tough because I'm a waffler. So I'm going to go for a 4-2 Steelers win. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Weirdly, (laughs) I'm going to join you with the 4-2 Steelers win. It's hard, isn't it, without any explanation? Yeah, we didn't... By the way, for any listeners, we didn't coordinate our four-two matching wins. That is just as random as it comes. So that is impressive. That like we've both gone for the same same win. So do you know well, what? Like if, that. That, if that yeah. comes in, I'm going to put on a lottery ticket this weekend. Yeah, I would as well. <laughs> five away. Ooh, right, five away. Uh, I'm going to go for a five-one win. FD. You wouldn't want to be a far fan, would you, on the receiving end of that? No, definitely I'm going to go with a 6-1 Steelers win. I had it written down before. Luckily, you didn't predict six as well, because otherwise people would think we're in conjunction with each other. Yeah, yeah, that wouldn't look too good, conspiring. So, the 4.4 cast predicts is four points. So, that is a good start to that section right we move on to our penultimate section of the podcast viewer questions now we had to cherry pick today Scott didn't we yes because we had quite a few responses (laughs) more responses than I expected with about seven so Grant Evans asked are Belfast's recent two signings anything to worry about what do you reckon well, it's an interesting one because Besco has obviously cut short his retirement to come back. As we know, he's an outstanding netminder from his time over here. You know, he was absolutely, you know, a, a fawn in our side uh, in previous years. Um, but, you know, I guess the ultimate question regarding that is, will he be rusty? You know, he's, I'm not sure if he's been playing well, he's been back home, whether that's rec hockey like us, George, a couple of plugs dusting around on the ice, or, you know, whether he's maintained any sort of hockey fitness, but if it's been something what's on the back of his mind, I believe I, I read a, a bit of a press release saying Slater Doggett or or somebody who was talking to um, kind of convinced him or, or talked to him about it. Um, so, yeah, maybe maybe he kept in physically good shape. Sometimes it goes the other way with players when they retire, you know, and, and they're that used to, I guess, being um, at the physical peak and, and working out every day. And they've done that for years and years. It goes the other way where they're like, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to bother with now. I'm not going to do this. Uh, a little bit like me. <laughs> I'm not joking. Um, but yeah, it, it could be a, it's going to be an interesting one. And, and the other guy, Donovan Mules, uh, he's played a couple of games with Belfast now. He's 25. Uh, he's put up four points in 21 games last year in Slovakia, which is, you know, Slovakia is a not exactly a high scoring league. Um, but before that, he played at U Sport. He's put up fairly good numbers there. Uh, when he was at Uni of Saskatchewan, and then great, really good WHL numbers in Seattle. But like anyone new to the league, a young professional, you know, 25 years old, it's going to take him time to adjust. I think he's not put any points up in his two games yet for Belfast. But any new players coming in are going to want to, obviously, put on a show for the fans, put on a show for Adam Keith. They're going to want to impress. So I think ultimately with Besco coming back, that's going to be the, the biggest question mark is, will he be rusty? And I hope we can take advantage of that. Um, you know, if he is, uh, we play them later this month. Uh, obviously, the double header. Um, but I think 
um, yeah, that's that's going to be the the potential uh, banana peel, isn't it? Whether Besco yep. is going to be able to yeah adjust straight away. Definitely. Second question: Are the Steelers better or worse than expected this season? Oh, wowzers! Right, so <clears throat> that is a tricky one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say I had high hopes for us, as I do, you know, every season. You know, we are one of the top teams in the league. This sounds quite, quite cocky and arrogant and big-headed. So we should be expecting to do well. You know, with the budget we've got, with the team, with the the coaching staff. You know, we should be doing well every year. But for me, you know, Fox is a, is a great recruiter anyway. But he's done really well this season. We've got younger, we've got bigger. We've got quicker, you know. There's some of the, I guess, yeah, question marks people absolutely. had at the end of last season. You know, we've got younger and bigger. We've got Alan McNally, Petule, all big boys, kind of added into that size. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and we've upgraded. Yeah, we've still got a couple of older guys. Uh, obviously, <laughs> Brendan, who we mentioned about before, yeah. John, John Phillips, kind of bring up that average age slightly. However, you know, throughout the roster, we have got younger, which is great. And, and ultimately, with that, we've got quicker. So for me. I think we are better um, than, you know, my expectations. And particularly on the net mine in front, I mentioned earlier with Greenfield, he has massively surpassed all expectations, you know, with Austin being out on the, in- uh, you know, with the injury. So Greenfield, you know, I expected him to, to do okay. I thought he was going to be the number two netminder looking at both netminders. Um, you know, he's an undrafted goalie, mainly played youth sports at University of Calgary. Yeah. Then a little bit of time in the ECHL of Kansas. So for me, it's not a, a brilliant pedigree, you know, compared to some mm-hmm. of the previous goalies we've had. Uh, not mentioning Barry Bruss with his CV and uh, a bit of a letdown he was. We're never ever uh, going to mention Barry, Br- Barry Bruss on this pro- podcast ever. No, uh, that's the last time that, Barry who. Yeah. <laughs> He's never, not getting mentioned again. No, definitely not. But yeah, with Greenfield, he has massively surpassed all expectations. And ultimately, this team has for me so far. But it's a long way to go in the season. I know that's a bit of a cliche. We're mm-hmm. halfway there and we just need to carry on with that momentum, I guess. And hopefully, pray to God that nothing happens to uh, Matt Greenfield uh, injury-wise. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I'll, I will go back quickly to give my own opinion on um, mm-hmm. Belfast two signings. Obviously, Besco, as you were saying, he's oh, he has a well brilliant pedigree, doesn't he, in the league. At the end of the day, he's won the, won the league last season with the uh, Giants. Yeah. Uh, I don't know too much about the other guy. I should have probably had a, had a quick research before I saw that question pop up. Oh, I didn't. <laughs> I think um, if they're signing for Belfast, they're going to have to be all right, aren't they? Because Alan Keith has high expectations of his squad. So, yeah. obviously, as we've both touched upon, Besco coming back is a big one for them. Mm. Um, and are we better or worse than expected? Now, at the start of the season, Scott, I must admit, at the start, very start of the season, I didn't even research who was in the Steelers' side because I was still upset from what happened last season. Mm. I came into the season very much like, right, fresh start. It didn't go to plan at the start of the season when I went to the games and saw us lose about, I think it was three, the first three games I saw this season in person, myself, we lost. So I was very much like upset about that. Um, but as I've sort of grown back into it and I don't know, obviously this isn't to do with me, but as I've gone more, I've seen a Steelers side that I'm actually very happy to be watching week in, week out. I think we look 
as you were saying, we look more physically stronger. I tweeted the other day about how we now stand up for ourselves. A few seasons ago, we'd have just lied down on the floor and let them someone hit us. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've actually got players that are going to stand up to people and go, no, that ain't acceptable. You are getting it, basically. And it's great mm-hmm. to watch. And we do play some good hockey as well, like a couple of the goals that Dowdy scored the other day against Manchester. He looked particularly informed that day. Um, but I'm going to move on to our last question anyway. Oh, in fact, I will answer that. I think we are better than I expected us to be this season by far. Yeah. Um, the last question is basically more of a fun question. You didn't even prepare for this because I didn't tell you. But favourite thing off of the arena menu, Scott? Someone asked that. Yeah. I don't know who. But I thought, yes, that's a good way to end. Right. Well, definitely not anything off the concourse, put it that way. So I, I've got a season ticket. So I go into that arena club. Oh, yeah. Um, at, yeah, the end near the away block. And to be fair, the food in there is really, really good. Uh, I've had like chicken and chips in there a couple of times. I've had, uh, what else? Like some fish bite type things. And the food wow. in there is really good and actually good value for money. So, uh, plus, I'm not on commission here by the arena to say that I will get that out there. The food there is great. Stuff on the concourse, uh, not so good. A little bit overpriced, um, in my opinion. And um, yeah, so I'd go for the stuff and definitely in the arena club. Oh, lovely. See, I don't have a season ticket. I'm a bit more of a plastic, but I think that sounds good. I might have to invest for next season. No, See, worth it's... it. That arena club, I've, I've not even heard that. I didn't even know it was a thing. I, I saw it get announced. Yeah, but... yeah. Do you know what? It's, it's good. And to be fair, good. it's quieter. The toilets mm. are quieter, so I, I tend oh, to go in there because I don't like queuing to go to the loo or yeah. whatever. And the toilets are nice and they don't smell quite as bad as the ones on the concourse. So uh, all around, I think it's a great idea. Um, mm. and a nice little, I guess, reward to incentivize it for, for Steelers season ticket holders. And hopefully yeah. by the sounds of it, George, I think you might be, uh, might be having to there next, next season. season. I think I might have to. Anyway, Scott, that's going to wrap you up for us. Um, have you enjoyed this first episode i have yeah i've really enjoyed it it's nice to get back into it because obviously i used to do the periscopes and, and stuff and then obviously periscope mm. decided to end itself um and oh, yeah, you know you i did, used to, you to do that on twitter didn't you the periscope yeah and then and then before that i've dabbled in a podcast before um mm. sort of a, a little while ago so now it's, it's nice to to get into it and i'm a talker anyway i can talk like yeah. off the donkey so talking off you for me is is a double bonus so now i've really yeah, enjoyed yeah. it George. I think the next uh, episode that we do will probably do a bit longer, probably do two Zoom meetings instead of one. Otherwise, it's going to cost me money. <laughs> None of us want that, do we? And I didn't even answer the favourite thing off the area of the menu. It's just a pint of Carlin, so we'll just leave yeah. that at that. That's what I'm <laughs> like. Anyway, that wraps up the first episode of the podcast. I do hope you've enjoyed listening. I'm sure... We'll be back again, hopefully next week. I don't know about Scott if he's available, but we will have other people on and hopefully a guest in the future. So thanks very much for listening and I'll see you next time.